Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Alan Ruddock trains business owners in how to use LinkedIn. Through his LinkedIn Mastery 5050 workshop, he also helps raise funds for small charities. He's a big fan of networking too. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today, Alan. Oh, it's very kind of you to invite me, Liz. I'm uh, really looking forward to chatting to you. Now, I know that you run a number of businesses and wear a number of different hats, but I think you started in finance. Can you tell me something about your career path and how you've got to where you are now? Yeah, well, I, after graduation, I started training as an accountant, but I couldn't get on with company law, so I never mm. actually qualified but I moved into implementing accounting systems and then uh, ended up working for a variety of large financial institutions uh, as, a, as a project and program manager, implementing systems and business change across, uh, uh, across the world, really. I've been, uh, been lucky enough to go to a wide variety of places around the world. Oh, tell me some of the places you've been. Oh, um, it started with a, uh, some time in New York. Oh, um, nice. Uh, and then uh, uh, a, short, uh, a short visit to France. And then places like Singapore, um, Hong Kong, uh, 23 hours in Thailand. I only managed 23 <laughs> hours in Thailand on a, on a round trip. Um, and, uh, and then I've also worked in, uh, uh, in the Middle East, in Dubai, um, uh, Saudi Arabia and Bahrain. And so were those big, big corporate um, companies that you were working for at that time? Yeah. Um, for the, the stuff in the Far East was all while I was working for Standard Chartered. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff in the Middle East once I'd, uh, was once I'd become an independent consultant. Right. And so at what point in your career journey did you decide to start your own business? Well, um, I'd been made redundant once before uh, in, in the city. And then uh, when I was working for Standard Chartered, uh, it came to crunch time again. They didn't have any roles in the UK. I wasn't in a position to relocate the family to the Far East. So I took redundancy for a second time and decided to start a business with a former colleague. Um, and uh, we thought, well, we're good project managers. People will buy us. Um, and of course, it doesn't work like that. You've got to know how to run a business, how to market it. So we had a real roller coaster of a ride for a few years until he gave up and went back into corporate life. And I decided to start again and this time get myself educated on how to run and market a business. Yeah. And so what did you do differently then once you've kind of got those skills? I would, uh, the, the key skills that I learned were that you have to really understand your target market. Mm. Uh, and when you understand your target market, you'll know what content will really appeal to them and where to place that content because you'll know where they hang out. Uh, those were the big three uh, uh, lessons for me. And for me, uh, as a project, project and program management consultant, uh, it was all LinkedIn and Twitter um, and good content about running projects and program offices. So that's what I started doing. Yeah, I think it's like that for a lot of people when they start out in business. They've got a great idea for their business. But like you say, unless you know how to actually run a business, you're not going to get very far. No, indeed. I mean, that that led me into one of my later businesses, which was the the Guildford Business Hub, uh, which is all about helping startups get to understand all the different aspects of running their business. Uh, But that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) We might come back to that in a bit. (laughs) Yeah. So how many businesses are, are you currently running? 
Uh, at the moment, I've got sort of three distinct businesses. Uh, the hub is, itself is on uh, in hibernation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a, a property business which I'm closing down, uh, which is all a legacy of uh, my um, my uh, marriage that uh, ended uh, five mm. years ago. Um, and I've still got some uh, fingers in the project management field. I still run a business there that uh, sells licenses for software uh, to help train project managers to do the job properly. Right. Uh, it's all about a simulation tool, and I, I sell licenses. Uh, I'm a UK reseller for a, it's a Swiss-based company. Yeah, yeah. But I think you're, the main thing you're concentrating on is is around LinkedIn, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah. So um, when I when I learned how to uh, market myself, uh, as I said, LinkedIn was one of the key platforms, and in fact, LinkedIn generated my first lead mm. uh, and generated virtually all of my business um, for that project management consultancy when I started back in two thousand and ten, um, and enabled me to turn it into a six figure business for the next six seven years. What is it about LinkedIn? Do you think that enables it to work in that way and work so well? Um, I think, unlike um, a lot of the other social media platforms, LinkedIn does have more of a professional focus. Um, it is becoming uh, a bit more personable, shall we say. There's a lot more personal sort of content on there. But it is still very much a business-focused uh, platform. Um, and uh, it has so many business users on there. Over 70% of the world's professionals are on LinkedIn. Mm. And um, it's the place where you can find, connect, and engage with your ideal target market, especially if you're selling B2B. And so tell me about your business then and how you're using LinkedIn and what it is you help your clients with. Right. So uh, I set up Link Business alongside the other things that I was doing at the time to generate some additional income as we were getting into the property world and mortgage brokers like to see other income besides property income if you're in that sort of world Mm. so the idea was that LinkedIn was going to provide that other income Um, but it's now the core of of what I do Um, and I teach people how to use LinkedIn to grow a business just as I did um, when I set up my second project management consultancy so it's all about understanding the target market on LinkedIn how to create great content for them, um, the sort of uh, posting and engagement techniques that you need to have to convert those potential clients into real leads that want to buy from you. And so what kind of clients are you working with? Are they from a particular sector or is it from all sorts of different backgrounds? It's all sorts of different backgrounds, but I tend to focus on um, small to medium-sized businesses. So I'm, I'm looking for solo entrepreneurs uh, or uh, business owners that have got sort of one to ten employees, something of that sort of size, because I think that's where I can make the biggest impact. Um, but I also work uh, a lot with local charities. Mm. Um, from the outset, I, I, when I started the, the networking for the linked, linked business, um, I came into contact with a number of small local charities that needed help on LinkedIn. They, they didn't really know what they were doing. So I helped them. I set them up, set them up uh, uh, LinkedIn company pages. Um, I trained their uh, fundraising teams how to use the platform properly. I got them involved with my LinkedIn community to help promote their uh, activities and to find and get them corporate sponsors. Mm. Uh, do, do you find that sort of small charities think that maybe LinkedIn isn't the place for them? Do they see it as very um, business orientated and perhaps not where a charity would do well? 
Yes, some quite a few charities do, but the, the enlightened ones are getting switched on to the fact that actually if they want to connect and engage with local corporates um, to, to get small businesses in the local area supporting them, that actually LinkedIn is probably the best way to mm. do that. Uh, and that's really starting to get some traction with the charities that I'm supporting. So how, how important is it to have a, a really good LinkedIn profile, whether that's um, a business page or, or a personal profile? It's absolutely fundamental. Um, people will search for you. If, you. if you come into contact with somebody before they buy from you, they'll want to find out more about you. So they'll go, go to good old Google uh, and they'll type in your name uh, or, or maybe something about you or your business name. And in the top of those results will be, uh, probably in the top three, your profile on LinkedIn or your business page on LinkedIn. Uh, and they will go to LinkedIn and check you out because it's the most trusted source uh, on social media. Um, it's well over twice as trusted as Facebook and, and even more times trusted than, than Twitter. Um, so it's a place where people go to check you out because on there they can actually see who they're, well if you've, if you've got a, a, a good profile they'll see who they're talking to because they'll mm. see your picture, they'll see your, uh, your background, your experience, they'll see your recommendations, they'll see the content you're putting out there. So if you create that really good first impression they'll be much more inclined to think about doing business with you. Yeah. So what, what tips would you give charities for creating their profile on LinkedIn? So for a charity it's important to have a good company page um, for the charity and then it's good to get as many of the uh, employees, volunteers and supporters engaged with that company page to spread the message. Uh, and that's what I teach uh, the charities when I run my free training sessions for them. Um, I, so something I, I with COVID, with a lot of online networking, which is how you and I met, mm -hmm. um, and I decided that I needed to expand the reach of my uh, support for, for local charities. So I created this group on LinkedIn uh, called the Link to Business Charity Support Group. And the idea is that any small to medium-sized UK charity can join the group and get free training and support, including weekly calls that I'm, I run for them to come in, find out how to use LinkedIn, get their questions answered, keep them up to date so that they can really leverage the platform. Um, oh, that sounds, sounds brilliant. Yeah. And so what, what kind of successes have you seen the charities that you've helped you know, get from this? Um, we'll give you one example, uh, which we're going to write up as a little case study, but um, one of the, the people I've worked with over the years uh, with LinkedIn in his previous charity he was working for, and he's now working for another charity, um, but I encouraged him to put stuff out to his connections. And he put a post out about a, a grant application that they were putting out mm. and uh, then messaged directly a number of people asking them to support the post. And because he had the right connections, a load of us piled in and actually clicked through on the links, um, put our comments in to support the post. And he saw a, th a threefold increase in the amount of support he was getting wow. for this uh, application uh, for some charity, uh, for some funding uh, to build a new playground for uh, his charity, which supports uh, local dis uh, disabled and uh, um, handicapped children. So it's a, yeah, it's a brilliant way of getting the message out there uh, as well as getting supporters engaged. Yeah. And so what, what kinds of charities have you got involved with? 
oh, I've got uh, a mental health charity, I've got a couple of cancer charities, uh, a couple of children's charities, um, all, all sorts of different charities, but it's, it's, uh, it's open to any charity uh, that supports a small uh, uh, or a local community or a regional community. Um, and the idea is just to help them recover from the pandemic and start to raise some funds. Mm. Um, and we, we have a way of helping them raise funds as well. Besides training them on how to use LinkedIn, uh, I also run uh, a whole series of workshops and whatnot for corporate clients. And I've created this uh, specifically this LinkedIn Mastery 5050 workshop. It's mm. an online half-day workshop. It's £99. And it's called 5050 because you get to nominate a local charity of your choice that will get 50% of that £99 fee. Yeah. yeah. So that's a great way of raising money. They, they get uh, more spo- more support from their sponsor uh, from their from their corporates. The corporates get to learn how to use LinkedIn, and they'll be encouraged to support their local charities through the the course as well. Um, and it raises money for the charity, which is which is absolutely great. And then if that corporate then buys anything else from me, sort of one to one services, or uh, goes on to buy my online courses or anything like that. Um, 20% of any further revenue they generate uh, uh, or they pay me goes to that self-same charity as well. Brilliant. That sounds really good. Um, I don't think I've come across anything else quite like that. Um, no, I, I've, I've always run uh, workshops with a sort of donation element in them yeah. um, in the past for the, for the local charities that I worked with in, in, in my area. Um, but it, I was just sort of thinking, how can I actually make this worthwhile for um, more charities? And I thought, well, let's just give half, yes. um, half yeah. of the workshop. And if we can get, you know, get more people onto the workshops um, and get 50% of the, of the value to, to, to the charities themselves, that would be just fantastic. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. It's, only, it's, it's in its infancy. There are a bunch of, uh, um, there are a bunch of workshop dates up on, up on the calendar. Um, but uh, uh, it's in its infancy, so I'm looking to really get it promoted and uh, drive things forward. Brilliant. Now, obviously, you, you come across a lot of charities who are looking for corporates to provide sponsorship and so on. Do you ever find it the other way around where you've got small businesses who are looking for a charity to support? Yes, from time to time I do. They don't, they're not sure how to go about it or uh, they're not sure what they will get from the relationship. Mm. So I'm very, always very happy to talk to corporates about the benefits of working with local charities. It's something I've done over the years um, with a number of different charities um, and it can really improve their, um, their standing in the local community. Mm. Um, and it really is a win-win situation for the charity and for the local business if they get involved. Um, yeah. Now let's have a little chat now about networking, which is how you and I met. Yes. Um, so I, I know that networking is something that you place a lot of importance on. Uh, how are your businesses benefiting from networking? Oh, networking for, for the LinkedIn business is absolutely fundamental. Um, Pre-COVID, um, most of my business came from uh, attending local ne- networking meetings face-to-face. Mm. And then when COVID struck, uh, it all moved online. And networking has been the, the, the lifeblood of my business. Um, it's, it's fundamental to um, helping me grow and build the business. And have you gone back to doing face-to-face or have you continued with online? 
Uh, I now do a mix of both. Um, I think face-to-face -face is brilliant because it enables you to build relationships faster. Um, but if you put the commitment into online and do it in the right way, um, then you can build those relationships online as well. Uh, for example, I, uh, one group I joined, uh, based in Yorkshire, but they have some people joining them from around the country. There's a, uh, a guy just down the road from me, actually, uh, in, in Woking, uh, which is about sort of, 15 minute drive away um, I met him on an, an online meeting in Yorkshire <laughs> based in Yorkshire and now we've met face to face in, in the local area um, so it's, it's quite incredible um, but that group uh, has been really good and uh, so good in fact that they, they were running a networking day and uh, an expo combined um, and so I decided well, let's just jump on the train and go up there for, for a couple mm. of days so I, I actually went up and met them face to face um, because the, you know just to cement the, the online relationships uh, and uh, it was just tremendous fun and everyone said oh, it's so great to meet you in person you know got to know you online but it's even better to meet you in person so yeah, yeah. I think it's really really good. So have you got any advice that you would give to small business owners around networking if it's something that they haven't done much of? Yeah, um, I'd, I'd say there's two, two things that are really, really important. Um, firstly, um, know what you're going to the networking meeting for. Have a, a purpose uh, in your meeting and make sure that you set your mindset for that purpose before mm. you go to the meeting. I call it setting your RAS, your reticular activating system. Mm. Um, this is, uh, you know, if you, if, if, slight sidetrack, but if you, if you go and test drive a car um, for the next few days afterwards, <laughs> everywhere you go, you see exactly that car yeah. and exactly that color, wherever it is. I mean, when my, when my ex-wife first got pregnant, um, everywhere I went, I saw pregnant women. Yes, yes. Um, it wasn't that there weren't pregnant women there before, but my, my mind wasn't focused yeah. on them. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the same with networking. If you go with something that you want to achieve from that networking meeting, whether it's face-to-face -face or online, you are much more likely to pick up and find it if you've got it set in your mind. Whereas if you just turn up and think, oh, I'm just going to a networking meeting, no focus, then you won't, uh, you won't really understand, where, you won't really get the maximum benefit out. Yeah. So that's the first thing. The second thing is networking is about consistency. It's about, yes. which is same same is true of any marketing really. Uh, and you know, I likened it to a sponge when I've talked about LinkedIn uh, and networking is the same. Uh, if you've got a dry sponge and you put some water in it, nothing comes out the bottom. And it's not until you've saturated that sponge that you start to get the droplets coming out of the bottom. And networking is the same. If you just turn up once, it's like adding a couple of drops of water to a dry sponge. Nothing yeah. will come out. But if you keep going back and you keep turning up and showing up authentically and talking the right sort of thing about the right sort of things, you will start to see leads coming out of the bottom of that networking sponge. Yeah, it, it takes a while, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And it's not just about the people in the room, it's about networking yeah. through the room. I get a lot of business from people recommending me to people they know outside of the room. And I know that's true of other people that yeah. attend the same networking meetings as me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the, the hub that you mentioned earlier on, which you said is kind of on ice at the moment, was that something that had a, a networking element to it? Yes, it, it had a networking element to it um, almost by accident because whenever you get a bunch of business people together, they tend to network because yeah. it's, it's networking is just chatting and talking yeah. about things that are going on in your life and your business. So it had an, always had a networking element to it. 
Um, but it was much more than just networking. It was about providing a core set of business skills to help the business owners attending the, the meetings to grow and develop their, their business, to, to find out all those things that I didn't know when I set my mm. first business up. Um, and it was always at the back of my mind that, that that's why I was there. It was really trying to help people avoid the mistakes that I had, um, uh, that I'd made, um, and to help them uh, and to give them a safe space where they could come along and talk about the issues that they have. Because quite often business owners don't like to sort of put their hand up and say, yeah. we've got a problem. Yeah. Um, but if you create a, a, a supportive group that's, um, uh, that feels safe for them, then they're more likely to raise their hand and say, I have a problem. Uh, yeah. Can we can we deal with this and can you get some help? So I used to, part of the part of the group was we'd run regular mastermind sessions in the group. So instead of having a presentation one, where you'd be bring your challenge to the table and collectively we'll sort it out mm. and help you. Um, which were, those, those sessions were always hugely powerful. Yeah, it can be really useful. Do, can you see that the, the hub coming back at all? I'd like to, um, but it's a lot of work to get it back up and running because the, the membership has dissipated and moved on in over, over sort of nearly two years. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a case of getting out there and, and regenerating a membership. Um, also, the dynamics. I, I used to get donated the, the, the space by a hotel to, to run the session. Um, the economics of... Uh, the hospitality mm. industry have gone um, yeah. through the floor so the chances of getting a free venue uh, are probably pretty slim I haven't asked yet but I, I dare say it's probably pretty slim so I've got to make sure that the um, the the financial side of it works uh, or that it's, it's it was never designed to make uh, to make me a millionaire or anything like that. It was always designed to cover its costs yeah. uh, and, and do some good for the local business community. So, yes, I've got several people asking me about it. I've got somebody else interested in helping me run it. And I've even recorded a little video sort of saying, well, we might put it back out there again. I haven't put it out yet, but uh, uh, <laughs> it, it's just about um, finding, the, finding the right amount of time to be able to put behind it because to make it useful, I've got to get a, a, a bunch of speakers that are prepared to come along and, yeah. and talk about the right business subjects as well. Um, because as, uh, as much knowledge and experience as I've got, people don't want to hear me every day, uh, every time <laughs> they come along. They want to hear other people's experiences as well. So. <laughs> so just finally then, Alan, if people are interested in finding out more about you or your businesses, and in particular the, uh, the training where 50% goes to charities, how do they get in touch with you? Well, the best way is to connect with me on LinkedIn. So I'm easy to find because my name is spelt uh, slightly differently to most people. Uh, so it's Alan, A-L-L-E-N, uh, and Ruddock, R-U-D-D-O-C-K. Uh, pop that in the search engine on LinkedIn and I'll, I'll come up as the, the, top, uh, the top search point. And so connect with me on LinkedIn um, and uh, let's have a conversation. Lovely. Well, thank you for being my guest. And I hope that more charities will find you because of this podcast and even more money can be generated for them. That'd be fantastic. Thanks very much for having me, Liz. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.